Absolutely. Yeah. And just a lot of reassurance. And again, the majority of patients, majority actually do really well over a period of time with, like you said, everybody on board, you know, physical therapy, if needed, a cognitive behavioral therapist, because a lot of, you know, pelvic pain can cause anxiety and a lot of stress. And it's always important to have somebody on board to kind of talk you through it. Uh, you know, medication management, potentially injections, potentially other workouts, just to rot any other pathology. And that's, you know, that's important to kind of cross all the T's and dot all the I's just to make sure everything's been ruled out. So we really know what's causing the pain. And, you know, when that's done, uh, in, in light of also having done a full urologic workup, uh, again, patients do tend to get better. Welcome back to Fit as a Fiddle. I'm your host, Dr. Sneha Ghazi. I am a physical therapist and owner of Sneha Physical Therapy located in New York City. I'm also the founder and executive director of Physical Therapy International Service Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit that brings free PT resources, treatment, and education to underserved communities all over the world. I am obsessed with the fact that if you feel better inside and out, you live a better life. Each episode on Fit as a Fiddle brings you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness space who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy today's show. Welcome everyone to today's episode on Fit as a Fiddle. I am very lucky to have Dr. Christian Ruder join us on the episode today. Um, He is a DO and works in Manhattan um, at the Pelvic Rehab Medicine uh, Facility uh, in Midtown. So welcome on the show today. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited. The topic today is um, about male pelvic pain, Um, and it's something that's probably under-addressed in medicine and the media and really everywhere. So I'm excited that today is um, maybe the first time that many people on the show might be hearing about what is male pelvic pain. Um, And we're going to dive into all of that uh, in detail. But first, let's hear about you and what brought you into the space in the first place. Sure. So I actually practiced in San Francisco with a kind of helped oversee a spine and sports medicine clinic, uh, a big hospital there. Uh, and during that time, I'd have patients referred to me with, you know, quote unquote, back issues or uh, orthopedic type issues. And when I actually delved into their pain, did a full examination and got their history, realized it was actually a pelvic pain condition, uh, which um, I'm sure, as you know, uh, pelvic pain, especially males, is often misdiagnosed or uh, the workup reveals nothing. And you know, other practitioners and specialists can't quite get a diagnosis it's a lot of frustration. So when I was in San Francisco, I actually started working with the pelvic pain physical therapist to treat those patients. And that's where my interest first started. Uh, and then the uh, practice here in Manhattan reached out to me to kind of, you know, further my journey. And here I am today. And I'm loving it. It's been great. Yeah, we're lucky to have you here in Manhattan. Um, Thank you. And it's, it's great to have another resource uh, into the public floor world because it's small as it is. And then with male public pain, it's just even smaller. So um, let's dive right into it. What is male pelvic pain? Could you talk, talk to us a little bit about the symptoms and diagnoses that you commonly find in the clinical setting? Sure. So symptoms typically are is uh, pain, the penile, testicular, uh, groin, perineal, rectal, and buttock area. Uh, it occurs 
statistically in about 10% of, of males in the, in the US. Uh, with regard to male pelvic pain, prostatitis is probably the most commonly diagno diagnosis or common diagnosis. Uh, and of uh, the prostatitis diagnosis, uh, non-bacterial prostatitis is by far the most common diagnosis. Uh, and, and that's, yeah, so typically uh, when males come into the clinic, they have the complaint of, uh, you know, pain with ejaculation, um, uh, uh, pain with urination, uh, constipation, pain with sitting, uh, and uh, they're often seen by multiple urologists, uh, have a lot of workup done. Often the male patients on a, you know, multiple courses of antibiotics, uh, has, has had a bladder and prostate ultrasound done, all of which is normal. The antibiotics aren't helping, leads to a lot of frustration, and then they end up uh, seeing us here in the clinic. Uh, and you know, we're more, of, my background is more of a nerve and uh, muscle specialty background. And we often uh, see patients that come to us who have pain from a nerve and muscle perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like you just mentioned, it's, it's so sad, but it, you're, we're always a last resort pelvic floor PTs, pelvic rehab specialists, people who work in and around the pelvis and treat the musculoskeletal or the neuromuscular aspects of it tend to be the last resort. Um, and it, that's unfortunate, but in, and, you know, we're working on trying to make that sort of the first line of defense when you come in to, with complaints of symptoms that you just mentioned. You want to get checked out for a, a host of different issues, um, and one of them is looking at the nerves and looking at the muscular structures in the absence of a bacterial or viral situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when they come into CUS, again, most of the time they've had the full workup done by urology, uh, have tried multiple treatments. And so then we dive into the, the physical examination and that's when we tend to find a lot of dysfunction from nerve and muscle perspective. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the nerve and muscle function. So if somebody was coming in to the clinic to you and you were to describe this to them sort of um, in a way that they can understand and say this is also someone like we're, we're just talking about. It's a classic case, has gone through the urologist, has, you know, bacterial infections, all the labs are coming out negative. Um, there's nothing that you can see in a report, but then you do the physical exam and you find a neuromuscular musculoskeletal issue. How do you explain this to somebody? Sure. I always like to, so I love, to me, it's important for the patient to know anatomy. So I always go, we always have a model in, in the exam room and discuss the anatomy first. And, you know, as you know, you know, the pelvic floor is like a sling of muscles that kind of sits like this. Uh, and, you know, the, the major muscle is a muscle called the levator ani muscle. Uh, then there's surrounding muscles called the obturator internus, coccygeus, and piriformis. Uh, that sling of muscles in males surrounds two openings. One opening is for the rectum. The other opening is for the urethra to go from the bladder to the penis to allow for urination. Uh, and sometimes those muscles can contract or become spastic, and that can result in kind of a myriad of symptoms like constipation, perineal pain, genital and penile pain. Uh, additionally, from a nerve perspective, there's a, a number of nerves in the pelvic floor. Uh, the main nerve is a nerve called the pedendal nerve. And that nerve actually runs from the anus to the genital region. And it gives off three branches, one branch to the rectum, one branch to the perineum, and again, another branch to the genital region. And that nerve can also be affected through injury or even through muscle spasm, because if the muscles spasm, they essentially irritate the nerve and also cause nerve symptoms. Exactly. And so now what are sort of, at that, and then the next step, what are sort of the options for interventions and things that 
both the patient does and then you as a provider can offer um, as a clinical service? Sure. So typically if the patient comes in to see me and has had really no treatment done aside from urology workup, I mean, I, I very commonly get a pelvic pain physical therapist on board. To me, that's really crucial to help with both the nerve and muscle uh, issues that are causing pain. Uh, from a medication standpoint, we use different medications to help out with pain control and pain alleviation. Uh, one thing we commonly prescribe is a muscle relaxer suppository, uh, which if you insert it rectally, uh, often addresses the muscles locally to get the muscles to start to relax. We also use what are called neuromodulator medications, because uh, quite often when a person has a pelvic floor spasm issue, uh, the, the nerves become, and the pelvic floor become hypersensitive. So you want to calm that sensitization down. And those are medications like Lyrica, Cymbalta, Gabapentin, and the like. Uh, we often use anti-inflammatory medications to also help with inflammation and irritation. Uh, from an interventional perspective, there's a number of things that we actually do here in the clinic. Uh, one are trigger point injections, because when you have muscles in spasm, especially for a long period of time, you get these knots that develop in the muscle and that can keep the muscle in spasm. So by doing the trigger point injection, you're actually focusing on the trigger point that's keeping the muscle in spasm to get that spasm to relax. We also do what's called a peripheral nerve hydrodissection injection. And that's in, uh, to inject around the nerve that's irritated or causing pain. And that uh, hydrodissection procedure also essentially creates a space to uh, stretch the muscle out. Yeah, and all of this stuff can happen in the clinic. Um, at the space that Absolutely. they get seen at in just a different room or different space, which is great because you don't have to get a diagnosis and then book a, another time to come to somewhere else and get some other workup done, right? It's all very holistic and you get treated in that one setting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that's amazing. And it's, it's great that it, you're also targeting it holistically at the at pelvic rehab medicine. You guys have um, a mental health as part of this. The unit, you have physical therapy that you refer in and out of. And always send patients to you guys to, to, to take a look at what's going on because there's more than one thing that treats chronic pelvic pain. Um, and we're talking about male pelvic pain here, but it really pelvic pain is just pelvic pain. Um, like right. you mentioned in the beginning, the anatomy is just a little bit different. Um, but at the end of the day, the interventions that are offered are very similar, um, regardless of you know who you are. And so targeting it from a holistic perspective, you, you can look at medication, you look at physical therapy, you look at um, minimally invasive injections, um, suppositories, all of these things to really look at the patient as a whole and say, what are all these different ways that we can start to get care and start to overcome this problem? And it's, it's challenging, right? Because a lot of people will come to us and they've gone through this for a really, really long time. So tell me a little bit about that. What is it like to have a patient who's, you know, maybe distrustful of this whole process. Who's like, well, what are you going to do? Because I've just seen someone for the last, you know, different people for the last eight years and no one's been able to figure this out for me. What do you do then? Um, that, that's a good question. Absolutely. And a lot of the patients that come to see us have had, like you said, pain for many, many years, chronic. I've uh, seen multiple providers, very frustrated. I get that completely. So uh, you know, one of the things that I like to do initially, aside from going through just the anatomy and kind of explain the situation, is also just do a lot of reassurance that uh, the majority of patients we do see, the issues are uh, fixed, if not fixable, there's definitely uh, room for improvement. 
and you know, we tend to approach it from a different perspective because again, it is more of a muscle and nerve perspective that we actually address in our clinic. Uh, and you know, like I said before, it's a lot of reassurance. Uh, and you know, there is also just developing a sense of trust that uh, we want to get you better. You know, our goal is to get you back on track to function normally again, to get your life back for you. And you know, as you mentioned previously, we also have a bit of a holistic approach aside from the interventional procedures we provide and medications and you know, recommendations of physical therapy. Uh, you know, we also would do further workup like MRI the pelvis, et cetera, to assess for other pathology like hernias and things of that nature. So our goal is kind of, like you said before, is kind of a one-stop shop to hopefully address the issue, do all the workup treatment diagnoses that are needed in our clinic and pretty much take it from there to get you back on track. Yeah. So let's dive into the male pelvic pain specifically and how that's different, if at all, from female pelvic pain and how you approach that in the clinic and also other chronic pain in general, because I know you have a, a background in treating pain, um, spine, spinal Correct. pain, you said spine and hips, a lot of different things. But can you tell us a little bit about how male pelvic pain can be different from a couple of other different diagnoses? Sure. So first off, uh, male versus female, the anatomy is relatively similar. There's not much difference uh, with the exception of the, the genitalia, obviously. Uh, the nerves and muscles are the same. Uh, regarding uh, male pelvic pain uh, versus, you know, lumbar sacral, spine uh, type pain or hip type pain or groin type pain, which is, which is due to sports hernia, uh, you know, we, we look at the pelvis as encompassing from the, the belly button area or the umbilicus and it kind of wraps around to the low back. That's kind of the pelvis per se. So, uh, you know, aside from the nerves and muscles that I mentioned previously, uh, I can also sometimes include the low back because low back issues can sometimes cause pelvic pain. There's kind of a crossover. Uh, I can sometimes include the hip, you know, things like labrum tears in the hip, hip arthritis. Uh, I can also include groin issues like obturator and angular hernia. So, Again, you have to kind of take a look at everything uh, as a whole, not just focus on one area to see what the potential cause of the pain is. Uh, so that's kind of the pelvis, you know, the, the area that the pelvis covers in a nutshell. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is interconnected, right? So while we might think of back pain as just like a solo back pain, it's important to do, like you said, the MRI or the x-ray or get other input doing a physical examination, palpating those muscles, checking out what those joints look like in and around the pelvis to see, is there another area that has some kind of a dysfunction that's contributing to a, a certain area of pain? Um, because you always want to screen the joints above and below, the muscles in and around, everything is so connected. Um, so back pain, it's like, I always say to patients like back pain, pelvic pain, it's like chicken and egg situation, right? Like a lot of people who come in to see you at the clinic, a lot of my patients, have back pain and pelvic pain, or hip pain and back pain, and some amount of pelvic dysfunction, maybe not pain, but maybe they're coming in with incontinence, like urinary incontinence, it's not painful, but it's still dysfunction um, and a complaint or symptom that they're experiencing. So all of that is so interconnected. The pelvis is, you know, the hip joint is, like the pelvis is part of the hip joint. And that's something that people need to remember that you know, when you're speaking to a provider and you're giving them information on that intake to really talk about all of the other things that are going on. Maybe you had, um, you know, a knee injury that you never spoke about or maybe never addressed 
that might be contributing to some amount of, you know, gait dysfunction, the way you walk might have changed. And that might have changed the way your pelvis is um, moving and the way that you're moving your body. And that could affect your pelvic pain. So it's important um, for everybody to give a comprehensive history and really think about all the things that are going on with their body. Because then when you go into the clinic and you see somebody like Dr. Reuter, they can break those things down for you and um, tease out what's going on to really solve the problem. It's sort of like a little like investigation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, often we see patients refer to me with pelvic, you know, quote unquote pelvic pain. I'll do the full examination and they find they have a pinch nerve in the back or they have a, a hip impingement or a, you know, a labrum tear, you know, issue and that, which is, you know, potentially contributing to the pelvic pain and also holding them back from getting better. So it's really important to address all those issues when you see the patient in the clinic. Absolutely. That's, that's a really good point. Um, okay. So give us a case study. So give us like from somebody, that most common case study, somebody who walks through the door um, to you and what does that whole plan of care sort of in a nutshell look like until you sure. discharge them and say, here you go. Sure. So I'm just going to make up someone just kind of, yeah. a, you know, like I said, like a common presentation. So 35 year old uh, male patient, otherwise healthy, uh, two, two years of uh, left-sided penile pain, uh, genital pain, perineal and rectal pain, uh, pain with ejaculation, uh, some issues with erectile dysfunction, uh, some issues with constipation, occasionally some bladder uh, urgency and frequency has been seen by multiple urologists. Uh, workup's been negative, ultrasound of the bladder and prostate, also normal. Uh, was treated by urology with a course of antibiotics anyway, which often occurs just because sometimes, you know, uh, patients are treated with antibiotics, even though the workup's all negative, uh, and comes in to see us. Uh, frustrated because they've had this issue for a couple of years, not getting better, want to get back on track. Uh, you know, we do a full examination and I examine, like I said, the back, you know, the, the hip, the groin area, the, the testicular and penile region. We also do a, you know, rectal examination to really check the muscles and nerves in the pelvic floor. It's to me the best way to check that, as you know. And on examination, I, I find that the pelvic floor is what's called hypertonic, where the tone is really increased. And I also realized that there's some irritation of the, one of the branches of the pedental nerve. That nerve actually goes to the, the penile region. So, you know, we talk about what I think potentially the diagnosis is, which is, you know, in medical terms, it's called pelvic floor hypertonia. It means increased tone of the pelvic floor. And I also would explain that uh, because the pelvic floor tone is increased, you can sometimes have irritation of the nerve, which can cause penile pain. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about the diagnosis, we go through the anatomy. Uh, typically, if the patient has not been seen by a public floor physical therapist, I get that set up right away. And I'd often would, as I think I mentioned before, but often uh, recommend or prescribe a, a muscle relaxer suppository, uh, as well as a nerve medication to help calm down the nerve irritation. Uh, typically give uh, physical therapy a good six weeks to kind of get things going. Um, often the patient comes back in to see us and they say, listen, I'm actually feeling better, but not, not quite where I want to be as of yet. And that's when we talk about potentially going in and doing trigger point injections to help the muscles relax further and to also do things like nerve blocks and even hydrodissecting technique to help the nerve irritation calm down. Uh, usually over a period of a few months, uh, the majority of patients who have that type of condition without any other pathology involved involved uh tend to do really really well 
And, um, you know, usually a few months out or a few months later, the majority of patients uh, with a condition or presentation like that have really nice improvement. Uh, again, there, there may be other pathology involved. Um, sometimes if I suspect, a, you know, an inguinal or obturator hernia or a hip issue or even a low back issue, MRIs and other workup is done just to make sure nothing else is contributing to the pain. Yeah, and that's, that's really very similar to what I experienced with working with providers like you. It's, it's the same presentation. Sometimes people come directly to the pelvic floor PT. Sometimes they come to um, pelvic rehab specialists, pain specialists like you guys. And then it's a collaborative effort and all of these interventions are offered. And clinically, many patients do get better because something has to change, right? They've tried some things already. Usually, like we're saying over and over and over again with male pelvic pain, it usually it's going on for a while. I don't usually ever get a patient being like, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm dialing in because I've been having this testicular pain for the last three weeks. I don't think I've, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had that, but I've never very, had. Very somebody, rare. Yeah. Very, very rarely somebody will call me like, oh, it's happening for two to three weeks because usually you're hoping that it's going to go away. You're like, what the heck is this? Why is this happening to my body? This has never happened before. And Many times it's, there isn't a mechanism of onset that's very obvious. There's no car accident. There's no hard fall. Maybe it just sort of started what we call insidiously, or it just started all of a sudden slowly starting to creep up on you. Um, maybe there was just a big life change, like a move, like you transitioned. Maybe there's something like a pandemic going on. Um, right. And your environment has changed. Maybe the chair, the movement that you've been used to is different. The environment, the furniture that you're sitting on, the food that you're eating, the amount of movement you're getting in your body, it creeps up on you. And so after a while, people will come to you and be like, you know, I don't know. I've I feel like I've tried everything. I did some YouTube exercises. I went to go get checked out. There is no bacterial infection. I've been on antibiotics. I've done all of this workup. And, and it's, now it's been a couple of months or a couple of years that they've gone through this. And then they've never tried these things that you just described in your intervention process, and which is very similar to what I would go through with a patient. And so they have to try something new. And usually when they do have these sort of macro changes in their lifestyle through their, you know, the way they think about pain, the way they move their body, um, the way their physical muscle tone is by taking the suppositories of the medication, things start to evolve and things start to change in a positive direction. Um, so, you know, anybody who's listening, I know many people might be like, well, I don't really know what this, what, what's really going on. I don't experience this. And then many people might be like, wow, I've experienced that before. I know somebody who might be experiencing that. And so the goal here is to open your eyes and know that help can be given if you seek it, right? Um, there's a lot of resources. There's so much education, even on your, your website. You have a lot of information to explain the diagnoses and to you know, offer solutions and um, resources for patients uh, to educate themselves on what's going on. Um, so that first visit is just the most important thing. Getting that full body workup, full body check, looking at the pelvis, looking at the spine, taking a look at everything that's going on from a holistic way, and then putting forward a path to recovery, right? Absolutely, yeah, and just a lot of reassurance. And again, the majority of patients, majority actually do really well over a period of time. With, like you said, everybody on board, you know, physical therapy, if needed, a cognitive behavioral therapist, because a lot of, you know, pelvic pain can cause anxiety and a lot of stress, and it's always important to have somebody on board to kind of talk you through it. 
uh, you know, medication management, potentially injections, potentially other workout, just to rule out any other pathology. And that's, you know, that's important to kind of cross all the T's and dot all the I's just to make sure everything's been ruled out. So we really know what's causing the pain. And, you know, when that's done, uh, in, in light of also having done a full uro urologic workup, uh, again, patients do tend to get better. Yeah, there you go. So I hope um, everybody learned a lot today from this episode. Thank you, Dr. Reuter, so much for your time and educating and all the work that you're doing day in and day out. I know it's not an easy job um, because like you just said, it comes with a lot of frustration and anxiety and mistrust of the medical system. And so, I mean, you're such a great person and such a wonderful energy for people to feel comfortable and feel like they can trust their provider and really get the care that they need. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the patient and them getting better. Well, that is very nice of you and back at you. I feel the same about you in terms of the care you give to the patients we refer to you. Uh, and I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, I love uh, my field of work. I feel like it's a, it, we, uh, you know, we kind of represent an underserved population. Uh, and it's so nice to have, to see patients coming to see us, uh, you know, males and females who are just kind of at the end of the rope, frustrated and, you know, and we work to get them better and to get their lives back is to me so enjoyable. I just absolutely love it. Yeah, and we are so happy to have you in this field too. Thank you for all you do. My pleasure, thank you. A big thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. Thank you for investing in yourself and your well-being. The goal here is to educate and be educated. If you learned something new today, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world. I will see you again next week with an exciting new guest and topic to share with all of you.